Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of the Rad Life Podcast. And this is another installment of the Rad Life Stock Portfolio. It's been a while, I know, I know, you know, life gets crazy. But uh, we're just going to revisit what we, picks we've talked about in the past, the general market conditions, general market strategies, just kind of get us back into what we were doing. Uh, this does need to be more consistent. We'll try to get, um, we'll try to get more consistent timing on it. I hope everybody is enjoying following it and hearing our insights and uh, our opinions about what's going on in the stock market. Uh, I think my plan with uh, Rad Life is also coming up. I have a few more ideas for more episodes. I know I've just been mostly putting out stock content. But I just joined the Fantasy Football League. I was thinking about doing some fantasy football content. Uh, I've been on a couple road trips recently with my wife. And maybe we'll talk about road trips and what we, our vacations and what we went to see. And uh, just things like that. Um, maybe more. Another. I was wanting to do another music podcast with Alec and maybe a few other people. Uh, just... I, Chelsea's been behind on reading books, so there might be another book review coming out, but she's a little bit behind on it. Um, yeah, so we'll just jump into the Rad Life podcast now, or the stock portfolio, and uh, get to it. Thanks. Right. Welcome, guys. Thanks for joining another episode. It's been a little while. A lot's happened. Uh yeah, but nothing's really changed. A lot's happened and nothing's changed. Isn't that the truth? There's life. Uh, Name something another day. Same shit, different day. You can say it. I don't know. If, I'm not trying to make Baisley lose money on his podcast. Uh, <laughs> you can't lose what you don't have. All right, all right. I get it. <laughs> So we got Fed rate hikes and, you know, bear market rally possibly or the new bull market starting. Who really knows? Uh, we're technically in a recession, but we're not. I don't know. Jobs report's really good. All that's happening. Uh, has it changed your strategy at all? Big time. No. No. <laughs> nope. I'm still hunkering down. I'm still staying with my strategy. I uh, is pretty interesting. I uh, went back to uh, our picks. Um, I looked at Progeny, um, Amerisource Bergen, Jable Circuit, Shopify, Upstart. Uh, let's see who else did I look at. I looked at. I think I looked at all of them. Uh, Zim Holdings, um, Expedited Shipping, Air Freight. IQV, 3M, Coinbase, Home Depot, Google, Apple, ABV, and Netflix. And then I also took a look at. Uh, it looks like the stocks we picked the last time, but we didn't. We haven't been back, and that would have been uh, Abermarley, GoPro. I didn't write down who the CCJ was. Well, oh, that was the uh, the the. Uh, Nuclear, the uh, nuclear materials. Yeah, uranium. Mining. And then Airbnb and Hymix. Yes. So if you take a six-month chart, because I think that's pretty much about how long ago we started. 
if you look at the six month chart on all these stocks, um, some of them have uh, taken a deep dive and stayed in their deep dive. And most of them had uh, taken a swoon when the market went ugly there about a month ago. And have come back to right about where we first saw them before the market swooned. All right. <laughs> so I do not think that I've seen any. In fact, I think the only one that uh, actually made money, uh, about 10%, was Progeny. Um, when we were looking at it, it was $38 a share, and I think it's at $41 a share. So that's about a 10% gain. Well, that would have been nice. But but yeah. other than that, um, yeah. nothing, is, nothing is really, price-wise, nothing has really changed. I mean, uh, you could have bought any of these picks. That's, that's the funny part about this. You could have bought any of these picks except uh, Netflix, Google, um, Netflix, Google, and I think there was one other one where they just were Coinbase. They just cratered, and that was the end of them. They have Shopify come, too, I think. Shopify, yeah, they have not come back in any way, shape, or form. But all of these uh, have taken all of these, except the ones I mentioned. Zim is another one that just died and fell down. But all the rest of them have taken the big dive in the market crash. And then have climbed back to where we first saw them before the market crash. So if you if you liked them when we talked about them, and then you bought them in the down, you're in the good for now. Right. So thanks for recapping all our uh, so far what we're doing. Uh, I think. Do you think that we performed? in the past six months, I mean, pretty market average with the things we've picked up, or do you think that we're, uh, so I don't know if we, I didn't even uh, look to see if we did the market average. Cause I think the market overall is still down for the year. Right. You know, so, and some of these picks that we picked had already been in the uh, decline of the market. So, it would probably depend a lot on the individual stock. Especially, so, I think, in this short time frame, it has a lot to do with where, like, what point you actually got in at, too, timing-wise. Correct. And like I said, if you if you looked at the swoon on these, you could have, you would, you know, you take, take the Home Depot, the Minnesota Mining, the 3M, um, you know, these are these are Dow Jones companies, Dow Jones stocks, and they're, you know, these big old fashioned giant monster stocks that you could have uh, that you can basically just keep accumulating. You know, and when you get these market swoons, it's like a gold mine, you know. So, um, gee, I know that you've started working a lot more or a lot more hours how has that affected your research and your strategy i guess with the market now um i it, it has made me basically minimal research i do i do look every now and then during the day um i have a little bit more play money now because of working so much so i i i've invested a, or i've thrown a little bit more riskily but uh it's all overall just makes a bigger net pool. In fact, I'd say I, I buy some safer stuff now too as well. 
than I would normally have before. So in terms of are you diversifying more in this downdraft or are you concentrating more? I I feel like I'm concentrating more. I, I ended up buying uh, a lot of Apple recently. I just felt like it was a very, very good price. And um, it was in our famous episode of you couldn't pick a wrong one for the most part. Well, it's right. Google, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> um, that, and that. So that was uh, an interesting uh, Apple had fallen all the way to, I think, during the downdraft to 128. And yeah. I think it has rebounded to the low. I think it's high. It was higher than that earlier this week. I thought could be wrong. I, I don't. Right I now, 165. Okay. That would have been a. Yeah. And I... that's probably, if you look at the six, look at the six. Probably right where it was when we talked about it. Yeah, it's one seventy. Yeah, pretty similar. <laughs> so, so basically, the market swoon was a buying opportunity. So, mm-hmm. what you're telling me though is, is that because now you you work more, you're working less time to research. So now you've come become a more conservative investor because you can't you. Don't, want to delve deeply into something that may be um, a little more uh, volatile and you don't have the ability to uh, tackle it during um, price days. Yeah, I, I feel like I don't have um, the opportunities that I had when I was working my other job to like keep a closer eye on it. And I'm working so much that I, I already hated losing money, but now that it... <laughs> like every single hour of my life it feels like I, I really don't want to lose that money that being said so now you know because of your age both of you your age and where you are in life eventually you're going to house you're going to have a, a wife you're going to have children you're going to have all of these things tugging at you all these different directions so this is a good time to learn learn and practice I only have, have one hour to look at a handful of things. You have to be more meticulous with your notes, and you have to be more discriminatory with what you're willing to spend time with. So I guess one more thing. So I think, especially looking at the past six months and uh talking about how a lot of different places there's opportunity to be up in the market depending on where your entry point was but ultimately investing's time horizon is a lot longer than six months is there can you talk a little bit on the topic of right idea wrong time uh averaging down and uh a little bit of where for like the average for a normal pretty newbie investor like me and G here what I guess how what your philosophy is when we see these large swings within six months uh if we stay the course or how do we how do we hone our mental to stay I tell you to stay the course you're on the right track now okay by by when you by limiting the amount of time you have not your choice, but your time is your time is limited. So you have to spend 
with make good picks and then run with them and yes your time horizon is you you're going to be you're going to have more opportunity to correct a right stock wrong time to dollar cost averaging over a course of a long period of time okay so like um, a, a perfect example is going to be ABV. Now, when we t- first talked about this stock, it was 104. It had run 160 and then the, and stayed tough through the swoon. But all of a sudden, um, a government action, which is the lawsuit against Allergen, which is the company they bought for the opioids, for the addiction and the advertising of opioids there, now got to pay out forty billion dollars or something to to these attorney general states for the damage. So drifted back down to the one hundred and forty dollar range, but that's that's a negative piece of news on a good solid quality company, and and it's gas that that's going to go away. It looks to me a lot like the old uh, tobacco settlement you know, of 25 years ago where the attorney generals all got together and said, oh, you big companies sold these advertising people and they bought them and they got sick. You have to pay billions of dollars. So that's a one-time event that's having a negative effect. So if you were author of the stock, you would be buying buying on the dip because you know that this is a one-time event and generally is going to from their insurance company anyways it's not going to come from them cash flow i saw a little bit of research on that full disclosure i own ab some abby abby uh but the amount they're settling for in the lawsuit is only like one dollar per share based on the total amount of money the lawsuit is for divided by number of shares so yeah, I also own the stock. I've owned it for many years, and so it. And, and yeah, at this point, it's a good value. So it's when it when it shows up in my time to buy. I'm. Could you speak a little bit more on dollar cost averaging? Like how, when do you stop dollar cost averaging and think, okay, this is, this isn't the where I should be parking my money. Or like, oh, it's so, gone down so much. Like, so for me, I so I have my holdings. I set up a pie chart. How much, and it's based on how much risk I'm with. And so, it reaches its um, percentage of the total portfolio, then the dollar cost averaging money shifts to try to maintain the the pie chart. That's how I do my, that's how I do my total portfolio. I have a pie chart. And so I have, uh, you know, stocks, I have cash. um, You know, a a perfect example is my 401k work is in a pie chart. And whenever um, on a monthly and mostly these days quarterly basis, I look at the pie chart and when it falls out of the zone, I readjust, I rebalance it. And that's what I basically do with uh, my stocks at the same time on, based on the total portfolio because I'm trying to minimize risk. So 
an example of that is like say the tech market's doing really well and you allot for tw- you know fifteen percent of your mark of your pie to be the tech market and it's up to twenty percent. Will you sell some or will you buy more of other parts of the pie? Yes, yes, both. Well, both. Okay, <laughs> I would have to sell it because. It's like a, uh, it's, it's, it's based on my paycheck and the amount of, uh, um, right. D- when the, the uh, deposits are my portfolio where I have complete control, I can, I can move money and adjust money on a daily basis. Then that's where I may, um, adjust other part, other parts of the portfolio. But technically if I only want 15% in the, uh, in one thing and it runs up to 20, I'm going to take 5% off the table. Okay. And move it to the one that's lagging because the market is cyclical. So how often would you say you rebalance then? This is my next question. Yeah. So it would be, it would be something like, um, you, you would have to, uh, it's something you have to feel, get a feel for how your portfolio moves. Because if it's if it's something that moves a lot, then you're going to have to rebalance more frequently. But if it's like in my case, slower growers and that type of thing, a lot of time uh, looking to see when I need to rebalance. It's so, kind of like uh, it's, you got to learn your portfolio and how it how it adjusts. So you know somebody that owns. A decent amount of Tesla is going to rebalance their portfolio a lot more frequently than somebody that owns Home Depot as a main stake, per se. Yes. Yeah. So it kind of goes in hand in hand with like the beta. Yes. All and, right. And, and you got to stick with it. So want to talk about, did you have time to do some? Uh, looking at our last picks, you have some thoughts that you want of which one you think you want to add to our. No, team? I mostly uh, I mostly stuck with uh, just reviewing and look what we've already done. Okay. Um, I think um, yeah, I just I pretty much looked at what we've this pile of uh, stocks here to and uh, and and even go back and revisit as as opposed to keep adding new new things to it um so gee was there any anything uh you wanted to revisit first off that uh you thought maybe it's dipped a lot and you still like it and you want to re-talk about it some more um me or g i said g but i mean if there's i remember that you want you I remember G wanted to try to play the Netflix uh, swoon, and I think it still remains swooned. <laughs> I think it playing swoons all depends on when you buy. I uh, yeah, I agree. I personally, when you said Netflix, I thought that because normally when you want to buy the dip is when fundamentals haven't changed. That mm-hmm. it's just that. Um, Maybe there's some bad press or general mark like macro market conditions change mm-hmm. the stock price. But I felt like Netflix's uh, fundamentals changed. I thought 
I mean, there's only so many people like there's only so many people that are going to buy streaming services. And now that everybody and their grandma has a streaming service. And so they've lost, they've lost a lot of market share and they, so their daily users were, uh, or their user growth was decreasing. And I just thought the fundamentals changed on it. And I thought they got priced reaccording to those fundamentals, not that, there's just macro environment with them. Yeah. That was, that was my personal take on Netflix, but I don't disagree with what you're saying. I, what I felt like was the market reaction to their earnings was overblown. Yeah. Like, I see so that. Do you, do you feel that way now still after this, at this point? Well, I, th- I feel like it's rebounded to pretty close to well not exactly close to what it was but it's it's regained a decent amount i'm looking at it like the past month for instance and we went from a low of 170 and we're back to 226 so like you know nobody's going to time it perfectly but if you buy if you bought it's back to like right when earnings happened from what i'm looking at in the six month chart because it falls off a cliff so if you bought a you know you couldn't have made anything crazy by any means but everything else went up too so i would say it's back to where it should be somewhat valued based on everybody and their grandma having a streaming service. Okay. But given that, so yeah. do you feel that there's going to be a bump in earnings now that they've uh, tried to cut down the amount of uh, what I'll call theft of service that they've added advertising into the, uh, into the service? I don't, I'm, I mean, I think you could expect earnings to improve, but that's also going to be, priced in i'd imagine like i, I don't think you win streaming if there if the stock price is sitting at where it was in the last earnings report prior yeah. to these fundamental changes you should see a earnings bump so then therefore truly reflecting the fundamental changes that the company has made okay you follow what i'm saying there yeah so we're we're like after the first day after earnings, I guess is how I should have said that. Like from earnings, it looks like we were at uh, like 350. We're at 227. So the day after earnings, when the market reopened, this is the price we were at. Right. Six and so months. I feel like so I feel like 27 is where the market valued their earnings. Now, yes, fundamentally changed the company by trying to reduce the amount of theft of streaming mm-hmm. by, by sh- password shares. Yep. And then they've added the advertising component to it. Mm-hmm. So the only way that the earnings goes down or remains flat is... If they lost members, right? Subscribers because of the advertising aspect. Subscribers that were, that were um, sharing their password. It was they the could... one password with, you know, 14 subscribers. Right. I'm exaggerating, but... Yeah, you know, they could have also lost money if they had a lot of production this quarter, right? Okay, right. so that would be part of the cyclical business, which would be yes. reflect, which would which should reflect in the earnings based on comparisons to the previous same quarter previous year. You follow what I'm saying? Yes. Yep. What's Netflix's PE now? Do you have it in front of you, G? I do their PE right now. The trailing twelve month is twenty to one. So twenty point one six. I still okay. feel like that's a little bit. So, the no, book I read, plugging, 
plugging Peter Lynch's book, which doesn't need any plugging. But generally, rule of thumb he liked to go by was that the PE should be pretty similar to their growth rate. And I, are they still growing 20% year over year? That seems, I mean, 20% is not crazy, but it's not low. But uh, we'll know that next earnings report. So the, right. the speculation is going to be. Um, are you going to willing to buy it now? Or are you willing to wait until the report comes out? Right. I mean, I don't like Netflix now or in terms of a stock. I probably wouldn't. My opinion is pretty low of it. But I mean, that's what makes a market is everybody has a different opinion. That's true. That's so, true. And just I guess, to point out to the jobs report that you spoke of earlier. Yes. So the contradiction in the jobs report is, is how did you have 500,000 jobs grow, but the labor participation rate went down? Yeah, that's a, I mean, I didn't spend that much time reading that. I didn't read the labor report. Most of the jobs created, and many of the people, many of the people, because the participation rate went down is because the same people were doing two and three jobs. Yeah, I mean, I think that the job, I mean, we're not even at labor participation that is up to the same level that it was pre-COVID. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know what everything's going to look like, obviously, in the future. If I did, I'd be rich. But uh, (laughs) I... Son, you are rich. (laughs) Just maybe not in the terms of dollars. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> so i think the point the point of me mentioning that and you're talking about your strategy was the fact that your strategy doesn't depend on what i was the point i was trying to make with that was that your point doesn't your uh, strategy doesn't change too much with market conditions it's you buy quality stocks with cash out hand and you don't worry about the macro too much because you have a long time horizon so so what I've been what I've been doing is mostly just picking at um, things I already own and just buying more on the dips. So I guess one that one of the stocks we already talked about that I wanted to re-talk about more was Coinbase because when we talked about it, it was like I think in the two hundred range, and yeah. it's now on it got as low as like forty dollars. Now it's back to like a hundred dollars. Uh, I think it's it in the eighties. They like freaked out for a day this week. Okay. Cause <clears throat> I mean, I still am a big believer in crypto. I was just really disappointed in Coinbase's management team. Like I believe in crypto as a technology and asset class. I just thought that Coinbase's management as a company was really poor at managing being the first mover in the industry and the lead that they had. And I thought they squandered it with their um business maneuvers making their earnings poor and i just don't know if they can't don't know if i can trust the management anymore to be lead a good company just because i still believe in crypto doesn't mean i still believe in coinbase does that make sense so there and that and that therefore is the reason why i sold in the recent rally (laughs) right because yes, management has management is of not good quality. They are, they are costing they are costing everybody money. So, gee, I know you had some Coinbase, and you are somewhat 
or at least at some point were invested in crypto and paid attention to it. Do you have thoughts on Coinbase? Um, I still own mine because I, I saw it pop. I, I don't know how I did. I just got lucky earlier this week and I, I, uh, I did try to sell it. I won't lie, but, uh, it dipped, it dipped pretty fast again on the open. So I, uh, I did one of those classic Austin moves and I was just like, well, if I can't sell it for this price, I'm going to hold it. <laughs> classic you or me, Austin. Yeah. I mean, I'm still up money on it um, because yeah. I thankfully bought like when it was pretty far down. Um, right. But I don't, I don't know enough. Like you guys know more than I do. Their earnings is uh, Tuesday after hours. So. Right. And they just had a big deal with BlackRock. And yes, that's what that's why they popped earlier. Right. This week. And I struggle with it because I'm like mainstream adoption means that crypto prices will go up. But also the whole, I guess, premise of Bitcoin and crypto in general was to be anti-establishment against the people like BlackRock. Well, so <laughs> isn't isn't having a financial backing from a company like BlackRock like a not a golden ticket per se but definitely like a I mean saw it in the stock this week significant right. boost. Yeah, so I think I I don't know what I I have a very small position in Coinbase, so I don't know what, what I'm going to do with it uh just yet, but I think if they they are still the as much as the management screwed up they and has been pretty trash they are still the like entry point to anybody new to crypto mm -hmm. like nobody's going to go through the hoops it takes to get to a Binance or Kraken or KuCoin or any of that stuff like Coinbase is for the non crypto person it's like the normie uh normie person ways access to crypto so i think it's still as much as it's almost like one of those things where it's like as much as they screw up they're still as for right now they're still gonna win yeah it's like i guess we'll see uh, Tuesday i think after you're hours. gonna have a long you think you're gonna have a long wait then on the stock right and i mean i see that and so it might be i'm debating i was debating a long time of like do i average down on it and the only Part of the reason why I haven't, if Coinbase was my only exposure to crypto, I probably would have, but I'm already pretty heavily exposed to crypto, and so I didn't feel like I needed to put more eggs in the crypto basket with Coinbase in particular. But if Coinbase is your only exposure to crypto, I think it's still a really safe, like, it's going to be, like, I know people at work, their only way, they say, I'm only buying it if it goes on to Coinbase, because then I know it's legitimate. And so... Sure. I think Coinbase is still going to be the winner for the average retail person who is not in that space. And so if Coinbase, like you'd, I think Coinbase would be a good play for somebody who is, I don't know if I trust that Bitcoin thing. It's a digital whatever. I don't exactly know what it does, but I still want mm -hmm. some exposure to that asset class. I think Coinbase is probably the best. That That's uh, exactly where I am. Coinbase is my only holding that is related to the Bitcoin or uh, crypto industry, unless you want to count like Palantir having reserves and crypto and all that. Right. Um, so, and that's why, that's why I think that's the bullish case for Coinbase. It's just the management is like taking the giant head start they had and like wasting it away. So whatever's 
Yeah. I'm getting like a. Thing. Okay. Yeah, you're cutting in and out too a little bit. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're all here. Hey, we're here. Hello. I think we lost. We're here. It. We're here. Uh, Dad, can you hear me? We'll cut this part out, but uh, anyway, try to reconnect. If you can hear this, I'm all, try to I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. We can hear you. Yeah, we can hear you. All right. Okay. Restarting. Dad, what point of the Coinbase discussion did you cut out at? Oh. Okay. Well, continuing on now. Um, so, do you... How do you think that's a valuable synopsis of Coinbase if it's going to be your only exposure to crypto is still a problem? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I still have a lot of faith in management at this point. Yeah. That's... So so they could be the winner by default, just they're they're still the only game in town. Right. And that, and that should... Yeah. So the, the really bullish case would be, imagine if they got good management. <laughs> right. That would be the really <laughs> bullish case. <laughs> The the part that's going to drive the part that's going to drive Coinbase is the price of Bitcoin. Correct. Right. So as long as Bitcoin dwells down here in the twenty to twenty three thousand dollar range, Coinbase is going to stay where it is. Right. But I mean, it'd be the same if you were exposed to Bitcoin. Like talking about a well balanced portfolio with a lot of different asset classes. If that was going to be your exposure to crypto. I still feel like it's most re a lot most retail's exposure to crypto. So Austin, since we're on this topic, you know a fair bit of more, I would feel like. Um, is there anything that's like popping off in the crypto world right now? Because that would uh, be like the anti Bitcoin. I think someone was pointing this out, um that Ethereum's market cap is only a two X from actually surpassing Bitcoin. Okay. Um, and Ethereum is the heart of a lot of actual profitable businesses. So you might see more upside with Ethereum. And Ethereum is having a big update in September. And so I guess that could be a catalyst to look for. And I don't know how it would affect Coinbase because both holdings are on Coinbase. But it'd be very interesting oh, if wow. it'd be very interesting if Ethereum does flip Bitcoin. Uh, just from because Bitcoin's been the OG for the longest time, and yeah. so I think that'll if that happens, it'll shake up the crypto sphere a lot. And I think uh, nothing's been really popping. Uh, like Bitcoin right now is the market driver. If mark if Bitcoin goes up, everything else goes up. If Bitcoin goes down, everything else goes down. Uh, you just see like Bitcoin goes up by 5% and some of the smaller market cap coin you see, the more it reacts to that volatility. Mm -hmm. And I think if Ethereum ends up flipping Bitcoin or when that does happen, I think you'll see a little bit more decoupling or at least decoupling from Bitcoin as the market driver, because I think projects will start getting more valued individually, but Right now, that's not how it is. So, uh, I guess put it in some random stuff based on your risk tolerance. It'll all perform basically the same as how it goes. It's just where you, 
is generally how it works right now. But uh, and just don't get scammed. <laughs> Do your own research. Make sure that the company or the coin actually has scammed. people. I mean, how you don't get scammed is like, does the company actually have a product and vision and like people that are actually like disclosed? But uh, even that's not safe as seen with the giant crash with the Luna Terra ecosystem. But that was, I mean, that's a crazy story that deserves its own podcast uh, (laughs) in and of itself with all that happened there. But uh, yeah, that's one thing you got to watch out for in crypto. And it's a volatile, risky asset uh, that you need, I mean, take proper risk management and don't invest anything you aren't willing to lose in, on a risky asset. And I mean, I think that's the same truth to be said for stocks and uh, other asset classes. That would be true. Because, I mean, there's plenty of companies that, are publicly traded companies where the person, the management rents a WeWork office for an interview on CNBC and is burning $2 million a quarter, making nothing and cashed out as an insider. I don't know. That's true. That's very Uh, true. uh, In terms of another company that I was, had more thoughts on that I think has come down that crashed, but, uh, I think is now at a more reasonable price. Upstart. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So when we first talked about Upstart, they were you can like, talk about Upstart. I've made my piece known with Upstart from the beginning. <laughs> okay, well, do you have one you want to talk about that? That not for Upstart. No. Well, not Upstart, but okay. I'll no. talk about Upstart a little bit. It won't take up too much time since I know you're not a fan. Uh, maybe, I don't know. G, do you follow Upstart at all? I'm following the chart and it's going the wrong way that I would like it to go. Yes. So, then when we first talked about it, it was at like 100 bucks, And uh-huh. now it's at like 22 or 27 or something. I don't know. Yep. It swings pretty wildly. But their PE has now come down out of the stratosphere down to a reasonable like 20 or 14 i think something in that area but Mm -hmm. uh which is i mean they got hit because with feds raising interest rates nobody really knew how their algorithm would handle these macro market conditions because they are a lender and i think in general with what the um seeing more defaults on loans and things like that. I think they just have, they don't have to do particularly well. They just have to prove that their AI does is better than other forms of lending. So even if FICO and banks and things like that are like, say they do poorly, just like Upstart does poorly, as long as Upstart does less poorly than them, they are still a win. And I think that, uh, they're getting some of their bad loans off their balance sheet that they were holding on to. And they released a really bad pre-earnings report. So I think their poor earnings are pretty priced in now. And you might be able to see the bottom here pretty soon around like $18. And then from there, 
I think they were profitable, and I think if they can prove to be profitable again, I think this is a pretty good entry place uh, for them. That's my piece. <laughs> and and you said it well. <laughs> you did not convince. <laughs> Okay. Well, that's my piece. I just, I want it. They crash like 90% and I think they might be a good turnaround story at some point. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Hey, G, uh, my battery car. That's, I was actually going to bring this up. What are you guys, what are you guys thoughts on this now that we've seen gas prices go through the roof and then fall again? And I, I think I'm still leaning towards it. Although I, you know, I've realized that my, uh, I, I would like to drive my car into the ground essentially and spend as little money as possible. But uh, I th- still think it's the future. Potentially. I think times are tough. There's actually a test, a used Tesla for sale, <laughs> in a used used car lot here in town. So times are tough. I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I haven't decided what conclusion to draw based on that, but. The, that is a fact that's out there that needs to be considered. Okay, and now Tesla. So, so, so do you? All right. So I just saw Chevy Bolt this uh-huh. morning, and the car is pretty tiny. Okay, uh-huh. I'm a big guy. I mean, I don't know about the rest of you guys, but I'm a, I'm over six feet. I got long legs and long arms. I'm a big guy, and I don't see myself in that car. It's that a pretty car tiny car. Probably the only car that. As, That's what, as, an electric car, as an electric car goes. It, it's the only electric car that's affordable is what you said? Or... And within my budget, okay? Yeah. I don't see myself spending any... I don't see myself spending more than $35,000 for a car. I've never paid more than 25000 for any car in my whole life. Well, that's well, because inflation wasn't up ten percent. Twenty five thousand <laughs> back in the day was actually a lot for a car. So, oh. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> so so for me to purchase a car in the fifty five thousand dollar range, mm-hmm. not on the radar screen in any way, shape, or form. Well. I believe the average car price for a new car in the U.S. is, which me might be buying new, which is fine. I'm not saying everybody needs to by any means, uh, but I believe it's around forty thousand dollars. I think you're right. The the the, I think the combustion engine car has increased in price as people started paying more money for electric cars. Mm-hmm. I think the the okay. car companies have raised the price of their ICE vehicles to compete more with the um, electric vehicle, EV vehicle, because, because. It, sure. Because I was gonna, the, the, the trade-off is you have to own your car. If you buy an EV for long enough that the cost offsets itself. So um, a good point that I've talked about with my dad before is you don't pay taxes. You know, you pay a tax on gasoline when you go and fill up, you don't pay a tax on your, you know, any more than you would on your electricity bill. So that's like a, you know, it's an advantage right now. It's not to say it wouldn't change. So far, but that that's going to go away. Because right, right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it won't. Um, or it, it wouldn't, you know, have some regulation with more adoption. 
but I think the time frame to own it obviously depends on how much more you spend than the average ICE vehicle uh, is around four to five years. Now, have you owned every car that you've bought for more than five years? Uh, most of them, yes. So depending on what gas prices are, it could potentially be worth it. I know no, the Chevy Bolt is not, you know, your ideal car, <laughs> Mr. Six Foot Four Todd. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like it, I think the Model 3 is around low to mid 50s and that's got a little bit more space i'm not you know it's not a buick it's not you know but shaq can fit a buick so i think you might be able to squeeze into a tesla <laughs> oh but still all right so me that i could buy an electric vehicle for fifty five thousand, and sure. and, you're, and you're what you're trying to tell me is if i hold this car for more than five years that somehow it becomes a good value because i'm what saving taxes on gas road tax well it's it's overall the well no it's just the cost of gas versus the cost of electricity but i think electricity is yes over as, time. De, as yeah. demand goes up and the sources that they're using to get electricity are more expensive to extract the electricity is going to that cost is also going to go up. The reason that uh, people are flocking, a lot of reason is people are flocking to electric is yes, they're not paying road tax, which is mm -hmm. in the cost of the price per gallon. But right. what that's going to do is it's going to open up the door, the um, use tax on your electric vehicle that's going to be sure. based on miles driven. Um, yeah, I'm not saying that that, that won't exist. Right. I think this, actually at the... this juncture right now, where they are not paying tax other than the uh, piddly little taxes on their utility bill, mm -hmm. um, that that will catch up to people. And yeah, they're so they're saving money in that aspect of it. But at the same time, I look at thousand dollar car with a four hundred dollar a month car payment. Now you tell me to go to a $55,000 yeah, like car, and I'm going to have an $800 or $900 car payment. Right. Now, are you going to tell me that over the course of the five years that I own this car, the $400 a month that I'm paying in payment is, is somehow going to be more, effect, more efficient than the ICE vehicle? I think a big question with the and electric I just don't vehicle. see it. How far do you? It's really how far you drive a day. I think at the end of the day. Yeah, I drive fifty-four miles round to work. That's. I think that's farther than the average person. I could be wrong. Well, it's twenty-seven miles one way. I don't know what the average person drives. Fifty-four miles round trip. I drive that, like three miles a day. That's so. why. <laughs> that's what. That's what keeps me away from a hybrid. Okay. And essentially, you only get 30, 30 to fifty miles per charge. So I would have every, I would have to plug it in every day, and and if I had to use it after work or any other time, have to I would be on the gasoline engine. Mm -hmm. I will. I, mm. I think the battery tech for the electric vehicles is also like, it's going to cost a lot to replace. I mean, I would like to see lifetime on the motors and the. Uh, battery packs uh just 
how long they last because I think it's such a new technology. I'm still skeptical of sure. all their claims. I think the electric, my opinion on the electric vehicle market is, is either the future that's going to be forced upon the consumer or it's a giant house of cards. Cause you see all these investments made by these companies, billions of dollars on new battery factories and all this stuff like Ford, Toyota, they're investing really heavily into this electric vehicle market. And I just don't see, I mean, I don't see consumer adoption to the point that they're investing to. And so it's well, either. General, General Motors is going all electric in 25. So that my all point electric. being is they're either going to collapse because they're not going to sell enough electric cars or people are going to buy it because there's not really. Any other option. Right. So I think that. I mean, that's it's. I think it's the bed of the century of EVs. Are they the next thing that's all on the road, or are they a house of cards that's going to bankrupt a lot of companies? And uh, I don't really think that they're the next big thing, but I'm not willing to w- risk shorting them because the market can stay. <laughs> uh, the market can stay uh, irrational longer than I can stay solvent. <laughs> but, well, I, I I do think that the electric car. I just don't think that there's there's too much evolution that still has to happen. Um, you know, uh, a friend of mine who has a Tesla said that his his battery mileage goes down significantly in the wintertime here in Michigan. I mean, you see that in batteries in your iPhone and stuff like that if you stay outside long. It's just the realities of the thermodynamics mm-hmm. of the battery and weather and so uh yeah i think i think everybody's making good points here i don't know uh, oh I, I don't know by i'm fascinated by the car don't get me wrong i i i, I think I, it has a long way to go too um part of the lore for me i won't lie is there's charging for free at work i don't drive very far you know it, it wouldn't really cost me other thing anything than the initial upfront cost i could never charge at my house and i'd be okay yeah, I think I think there is a niche that it can work in right now, but I think it being touted, I still no, no, I don't I don't think it's to the point where it's mass adoption by any means. Range has to get just, better. Charging just, infrastructure. Yeah, and it just irritates the heck out of me that Tesla is valued at what Tesla <laughs> valued at. But hey, my 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 bank account's thanking me for my Tesla investments right now. Yes, <laughs> I was just too bullheaded to. <laughs> to buy it when yeah. it hit six, when it was in the 600s so, so you looked... cut your nose off to spite your face the yeah company, the stock is making money like crazy but you won't buy it because you don't like the company you think it's overvalued but you're gonna just yeah. keep watching the price go up i know that's me <laughs> <laughs> it was in the 600s basically even yeah. even as a skeptic you can't say that wasn't uh undervalued I mean, six hundreds and what was its PE still valued bigger than all the auto, other automakers combined? Absolutely. I mean, you can't tell me that Tesla is worth more than Toyota and Ford and GM combined. Like you just can't. That's... But this is the this is the dissolution of the market. It doesn't matter what its real value is to if enough people are buying it. Yes, I know. Differing opinions is what makes a market because there's got to be a buyer and a seller. There's more people that think it's going to the moon currently than think (laughs) it's going to the toilet.
Yes. To the moon, baby! (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all the market really is. More people think this is going to the moon, or more people think this is going to the toilet. Yes. I... Uh, yes, uh, I probably will never be on the Tesla hype train. I, <laughs> I probably will never own Tesla. And it That's might okay. cost me money, but I just, when I do my research on the fundamentals of a company, it doesn't meet my metrics. Hey, for, that's all that matters. If you stick to your, will, your guns and you're consistent, that's all that matters. Yeah, and it might cost me, but. You know, there's other there's other stocks, there's other companies. I will say after this discussion, I'm looking a lot more at Abby because this looks like a pretty good buy point. I think full disclosure, I own Abby, but I'm, I'm gonna, not. I'm gonna be a full shill for Abby. I think that <laughs> this earnings report where they had the bad news with the lawsuit and all this other and the death people are calling it the death of Humera or whatever because they're patents starting to run out or something i don't know they were people were not unhappy with the earnings report and i think the first time i bought the dip on abbey was after people instant reaction to an earnings report and it dipped by 20 percent. and now i'm up like crazy on it so i think this is happening again and i'm gonna pull the i pulled the trigger again so <laughs> i i think they're a solid company with a great history of earnings and will keep earning and unlike Coinbase's management, their management actually knows what they're doing. So, well, I I, I do own the stock, and I have as many shares as I can take right now. I can't take any more. Yeah. So. What do you do when you? Is, is that a point of frustration for you at any at any point, Todd? Where you're like, this is such a good price, but I can't buy more to not balance. You know, because I'll break the balance. I'll break the pie. No, because if it was to fall, if it was to fall from here, you know, um, mm-hmm. like like a, a stupid fall, sure, I would buy it. I would buy it. I would probably you, trade it. I would. I would you, buy it for a trade. When do you break your portfolio balance? When you do you <laughs> ever break it for a screaming deal? Yeah, for a yeah. trade. Yeah, absolutely. You look at it and say, "Wow, that's really stupid." I'm going to buy some of this. Because you know it's you know it's going to come back, and that only happens because you follow and watch something for you've been with something for a long time, and you realize that that's really the market overreacted the wrong way and did something stupid, and then you take advantage of it. Yeah. So in terms of uh, stuff that you're following for a long time. Is there anything that you've been following a long time and you think it's stupid right now other than AbbVie? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I've, I've been t- I think you, electric utilities are overpriced. I think they follow the same guidelines that is follow, following the rest of the, the uh, green energy market right now. And yeah. I think, you know, utilities are overvalued. Um, people are placing a lot and um, give it, let's give the cycle, give the business cycle more time and they'll see that uh, cost of, cost of electricity from those sources are going to have to go up. Right now it's still subsidized pretty heavily by the government. Well, that could just be forever, man. We got uh, they just passed another billion, few billion dollars for green energy or whatever on the Senate the other day. So 
Yeah. Yeah. More solar panels and uh, charging stations and everything else. Is there any good Texas? Is there any good solar panel plays or is every? They're all made in China, dude. They're all made in China. (sighs) Yeah. So is everything else. I mean, all your iPhones are too. True. Just saying. Do you own any Taiwanese companies? No, stayed away from all Chinese and Taiwanese companies. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like it. Taiwan sounds like a bad company or a bad country to invest into, considering uh, you got the whole China thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's a uh, <laughs> geopolitical. Just... It's a geopolitical risk at this point. Yeah, it doesn't sound like a good uh, good bet. Yeah. Darn. Ask the, uh, ask all the Brit all the British people who invested in who were invested. Chinese took that over. Daisy, don't you own some? Uh, don't you I own, own some Taiwanese company. I own Hymax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, so anyway. Enough uh, about my failed investments, but <laughs> hey, I'm I'm just glad I haven't quit my day job because I I wouldn't be doing so great either. Yeah. It's good we have day jobs. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> day jobs and day jobs. <laughs> All right, dude, you got to wrap it up. Yeah, All right, we're wrapping it up. Thanks for coming on, everybody. Uh, plug in Big Todd's Facebook. You know, follow, check him out. He posts like once like a year. Uh <laughs> Uh, you can be his friend. Uh, G works too much to have anything to plug. True. Uh, <laughs> oh, plug. do you have any insider information on what's going to happen it's with Otto? Me, it's usually me and my lovely wife somewhere having an adult beverage. Nice. Yes. Wait, um, do, you, do you have yeah. inside information on shifts you see in the auto industry? I know. I mean, I don't think I know anything crazy more than like the average person if they follow close enough attention. Cuts are coming across the board, it seems, for all auto companies. Um, that's been confirmed at Ford. And that was not internally alone. That, that's been confirmed everywhere. So I'm not leaking anything. Um, and I think a lot of that's just due to actually the EV market. They want to streamline and become, um, they want to shift their business. I know a couple months ago we saw a lot of engineers actually get fired from Ford, from the ICE department, and they're looking to hire on the EV side instead. Um, so I, I think a lot of the companies are doubling, you know, tripling down, you know. I don't know if we'll actually see GM go 2025 all EV. I feel like that's crazy fast. And like we've mentioned, the tech just isn't there to support that. Um, I don't think I really have any insider information, to be honest. I, I think we'll see some cuts. I think I think we'll we're actually going to slowly start to see not, I don't think earnings will go to, earnings per share. I guess will go down a little bit because I think we're gonna finally start to come out of the uh, new car bubble a little bit. Uh, all right, now we're officially wrapping it up. Thanks yeah. for coming on. Uh, I know you gotta go to bed. Uh, <laughs> Something like is, that. All you do is work, so you gotta go to sleep. Uh, thanks for uh, finding the time and talking stocks. We'll have to do this a little bit more uh, consistently than we have the past couple months. But all right, signing out. Bye. All righty. See you guys. See you later.